folks and welcome to another episode of let's get inspired i'm calling this episode a fun podcast because i think it's a little less thought-provoking than some of the other podcasts that i've put out and some of the others that i plan to put out in the future but nonetheless still pretty interesting in my opinion and before i get started i do want to acknowledge that i am recording this podcast on Nungawan nambri land and paying my respects to their elders past present and emerging just recognizing that I am living and studying on land that was stolen and colonized at the expense of the indigenous people who originally inhabited this land. So this episode is the noteworthy differences between Australia and the United States. I'm sure there's quite a few of them that you already know or would expect to be different, but um, I think that there's going to be quite a few things that surprise you as well. I've been living in Australia now for three years and I've made it a point to really acquaint myself with the country and travel and just really maximize my experience while I have this visa. So just want to share some of the things that I've been picking up and I feel like I've been mentally making this list since July 2019 when I first moved so I'm really excited to share it with you. So yeah, Australia and the United States are definitely quite similar from the fact that they both speak English to the extremely racist origin stories and I would say those similarities are actually a big part of why I chose to move to Australia for my law degree. I just knew that studying the law would be one of the most challenging things I've done yet, and I wanted to alleviate the potential burden of having to become acquainted with a completely new culture while also studying such a rigorous degree. And I would say Australia has definitely met my expectations so far, for the most part. It's just such a beautiful country, and it's got such a great quality of life that I really admire. And I felt this sense of safety since I got here that I've never felt before. And it's just got some of the most gorgeous landscapes I've ever seen. I could really keep going. But yeah, since I've moved here three years ago, I really, like I said, maximized my time here, managing to visit almost all of the seven territories in New Zealand, which is really close by. So yeah, I'll go ahead and get into it. I did go ahead and categorize the different lists that I made. So I'll go ahead and start with food. My first point is that Australians are generally very healthy. They prioritize nourishing meals over fast food whenever possible. The next point is, I see this prioritization of the healthy lifestyle reflected in their supermarkets as well because you won't really see a ton of processed or sugary options like fruit roll-ups and gushers and even their cereals tend to be on the healthier side. Um, and if you do see an unhealthy cereal like Apple Jacks or Fruit Roll-Ups, everyone knows it's American and they're also pretty expensive and I'm sure that that's because there's a lot of shipping costs involved. Next point, which is pretty tragic for me, is that a small pint of Ben & Jerry's ice cream is 13 Australian dollars and they're never on sale. That 13 Australian dollars ends up being about 8 US dollars, but you can get like a whole gallon of pretty good quality ice cream for $10, so for ice cream that's actually pretty expensive. My next point involves cookie dough, and anyone who knows me knows that it was a really tough pill for me to swallow when I learned this, but Australia doesn't really have like the whole break and bake pre-made cookies here yeah they're just not a thing and if you do see them which is pretty rare it's also again very expensive so it's like they tax the unhealthy foods when i feel like america taxes the healthy foods uh, the next point is that breakfast like pancakes cinnamon rolls sugary cereals and biscuits are very rare here actually biscuits are pretty non-existent they do have scones though um, but their traditional breakfast is far more savory than sweet I guess it's 
pretty similar to the European breakfast where they have like toast and baked beans with vegetables and eggs and maybe an additional protein source but the sweet breakfast is definitely not very popular here although I will say pancakes are slowly becoming more popular but I also see a lot of savory pancake options so they're still putting the Australian twist on it but um yeah their breakfast culture is quite different Another thing that affected me quite personally is they don't have grape jelly or jam here, but thankfully I've got some pretty amazing parents who send me care packages with all the things that I've been missing whenever I ask. But yeah, grape jelly is nowhere to be found. They do still have like strawberry, apricot, blackberry, the basics, but no grape. Next is since Australia is within the Asia Pacific, there is a very strong Asian presence here in general and there is no shortage of Asian style restaurants. I would say that that's probably like the, the main cuisine when I think of Australia and the restaurants are really good and really authentic as well. And speaking of restaurants, diner culture is just not a thing here. They do have pubs, but I would say restaurant cuisines are usually pretty specific to the origin of the food. This one had me tripped up for years, but when you go to a restaurant, appetizers are called entrees, and entrees are called mains. I will never forget, I was hanging out with some friends for dinner, and <laughs> I sat down and yelled like, let's order some apps, and they just looked at me like I was so crazy, because appetizers are just not a thing here, and they're actually entrees, which couldn't be more backwards for Americans, so that's a pretty big difference. Next is eating kangaroo is definitely normal here. They grind it for burgers and tacos and steaks. I've even had kangaroo tartare as a delicacy and kangaroo jerky. I've seen great white shark jerky as well. But um, yeah, there's no shortage of <laughs> ways that they managed to eat kangaroo. I remember when I first, first, first moved to Australia, a friend from his class invited me over for tacos and they were actually kangaroo tacos. I really couldn't tell though because Mexican seasoning is very powerful, but also the texture was a lot like ground beef in my opinion. So, so yeah, I couldn't tell, but I was extremely uncomfortable and just uneasy at the thought of having like kangaroo in my stomach when she told me, but it's very common here. It's cheap meat as well for students, so it made sense why a college student would be having kangaroo tacos for dinner. And just to go back to the healthier lifestyle point that I mentioned earlier, uh, Australia does have McDonald's, KFC, Domino's, and I think I've even seen Pizza Hut, but those fast food chains are definitely not as popular as they are in other countries and definitely not as popular as the United States. And drive-through culture as well, as well, like to just run through a drive-through and pick up dinner is not really common here at all. If you do go through a drive-through, it's to grab some fries or something quick. A local chain here is called Hungry Jack's and they actually have the same the same menu as Burger King. They even have like Whoppers and I know that there was some type of like legal dispute between Burger King and Hungry Jack's because Burger King tried to make its presence in Australia but there was another guy, I think he was a Canadian franchisee who started a different Burger King but with the same menu and they ended up losing a lawsuit to Burger King and he changed his name to Hungry Jack's and I've also read that in 2020 he was also being sued by McDonald's for imitating some of their recipes on his menu so I'm not sure if Hungry Jack's will be around much longer but and I've also never tried it but I do hear from Americans <laughs> that it's quite popular um I even had an American guy comment because I already posted my blog post that 
corresponds with this podcast and this guy commented that hungry jacks is a cultural institution and that he makes an effort to go every time he comes to australia again i don't i don't know how great hungry jacks is but it sounds like it's pretty good and i don't know how similar it is to burger king but anyway another quick fast food fact is that i heard wendy's is the next chain to make its way down under another chain is um starbucks they did not make it in australia the overall consensus is that people here just prefer simpler coffee items so pumpkin spice lattes and java chip frappuccinos and sugar cookie cappuccinos like they were not here for that at all they really appreciate the local coffee shop experience here it's like a social thing so going and just grabbing a quick coffee just for the caffeine isn't really the culture here next point and i really don't want this to come across in the wrong way but there is something so different about the beef here and (laughs) it's actually kept me from eating burgers and steaks uh since 2019 and i've actually bonded with other americans that live here and our unanimous agreement is that the beef is just different i'm sure it's just healthier but i've learned to opt for turkey because i don't like it And speaking of burgers, they call french fries chips and ketchup is tomato sauce or as they say tomato sauce. The next category is sports and I'm not the biggest sports fan so I don't have a ton to say about this but I will mention that universities do have sports teams but they're not nearly as popular or competitive or definitely not televised like they are in the United States. basketball baseball and football are also definitely not the primary sports i know that quite a few guys have told me that in high school they played basketball but it's not really a big sport in colleges and whatnot and i do see quite a few people wearing nfl and nba merchandise so they are definitely fans of our teams but they don't have the same sports here and of course like every other country outside of the united states soccer here is called football and my last point about sports is that rugby and cricket are the two main sports and they do have some pretty diehard fans but i don't think that they take it nearly as seriously as like americans take football and basketball from my perspective next i want to speak on the wildlife because i've been disappointed to hear so many people from the states tell me that they have no desire to visit australia out of fear of the wildlife and critters and whatnot and with the way the, the media has portrayed Australia, I do feel like those thoughts are pretty valid. But when you think about the fact that Australia has a lot of major cities that are heavily populated, most of that wildlife has been driven out by the people. So to speak on the question everyone's wondering, um, I've been living here for three years and I've never seen a snake, a spider, or what else is there yeah i've never seen anything i didn't want to see unless i literally went looking for it i do a lot of hiking and spending time out in the forest and stuff so yeah i've seen snakes but like i was literally out on a hiking trail or something and i live in an apartment building right now and i've never had a bug i do have quite a few friends who live in homes though and they have these spiders called huntsman spiders which I always say they've definitely got some Australian roots to them because they are pretty big and they've got some thickness to them. But um, everyone just really handles them like champs. They either, you know, capture them and let them out or a lot of them actually welcome the spiders because they end up killing other bugs. So they'll just have this giant spider in the corner of their living room and it's kind of like a roommate. (laughs) Something I don't think I'll ever get used to, but not uncommon at all. 
another thing is the beaches can be quite daunting because they will casually have this signage that lists all the reasons that you shouldn't get in the water like jellyfish sharks saltwater crocodiles uh, who knows what else but um people still get in the water they're just precautionary measures the last point is that there are just so many extremely exotic looking birds everywhere you go and every day when the sun rises or sets i literally feel like i'm in jurassic park or something because they all have such unique bird noises that they make and they're just so beautiful like they're they're pretty typical people are used to them but i still haven't gotten used to them and i've had the privilege of being able to feed a lot of these birds just from my balcony in the city so they really are everywhere and people respect them and we just coexist together moving on to some basic facts that you might already know but australia's population is significantly lower than the united states they have about 25 million people residing across the country which is just a tenth of the 330 million people residing in the united states next is the united states has 50 states where australia only has seven and they're referred to as territories they are new south wales which is where sydney is Queensland, which is more tropical, and that's where the Great Barrier Reef is, and it's also where Gold Coast is, which is like the Florida of Australia, is how it feels to me. Then there's Victoria, which is where Melbourne is. Next is South Australia, which is right in the middle, and then all the way to the west, of course, is Western Australia. That's where Perth is, which is another heavily populated city. And finally, actually not finally there's two more next is tasmania which i didn't even realize was a part of australia until recently but it's not connected to the mainland and finally is the australian capital territory which is where i live and it's the smallest territory and it was created because melbourne and sydney both felt that they were qualified to be considered the capital of australia but in perfect australia fashion they decided to settle the settle the dispute by creating this small place in the middle um, there's not a lot here. There's my university, the parliament house, the aboriginals have a parliament house, and the Australian Capital Territory is considered a transit city, so a lot of people are constantly moving in and out, and everyone is here for a reason. They're either a public service worker, or they're a student, or they're here doing some type of term time position, but um, it is definitely expanding rapidly. I kind of wish I lived here like 10 years from now because I know it'll be really popping pretty soon, but um, it's safe to say that I've been very focused on my studies since I've moved here. My next point is that their calendar week starts on Monday rather than Sunday, and it literally took me like two years to notice this, but um, I think I like it better actually. And another thing is they write their date with the day first and then the month and then the year versus in the U.S. where we write month, date, then year. And I'll quickly touch on the currency. Every Australian dollar equals roughly 65 cent USD, um, which has been really nice being an American because my accounts are still in U.S. dollars. So if I spend 100 AUD on groceries or something, my Apple Pay will send an alert in US dollars that says I actually just spent $65 so it really feels like everything on, is on sale and I'm definitely going to miss this if I end up moving outside of Australia. Next is like most countries that aren't the United States the minimum drinking age is 18 years old which might sound cool and all until you go out to a bar and there's easily like 14 and 15 year olds there because people just start drinking and going out at a much younger age. 
My next point involves that acknowledgement that I do at the beginning of every episode, and it's that Australians are really comfortable having those difficult conversations about how how Australia was established and just the suffering that came with the colonization of Australia. Indigenous art, culture, music, everything about them is being celebrated more and more each year. Even the prime minister who was recently elected in April of this year, literally, uh, he got up on stage, he, he learned that he was elected, and the first thing he said was that he wanted to acknowledge that he would be the prime minister of stolen land. And I just think that that's really amazing that they take those actions, and the government is always actively working towards returning the land that's being claimed by indigenous tribes when, when it's possible, of course. There's still so much work to be done, and I don't want it to seem like all problems are solved, but they definitely do much more than the United States ever has. Another one that's pretty typical for every country other than the United States is that Australia uses the metric system, which includes Celsius, centimeters, kilometers, etc., where the U.S. uses the imperial system, which includes Fahrenheit, miles, and inches. My brain is always working overtime to figure out how fast I'm driving, what temperature it is outside, and I'm just definitely learning a lot of stuff both in and out of the classroom being here. Speaking of classrooms, um, students here wear uniforms to school, whether they're in public or private school versus the United States where it's usually just private school students that wear uniforms. Another thing, which is also, again, typical for most countries that aren't the United States, is that tipping after a service is never expected, and most service providers don't even want it. I remember I ordered a grocery delivery once, and I think I might have done it when I was like half asleep or something, because I put the wrong address, and it wasn't too far from where I lived, but the guy delivering my groceries ended up calling me, and he was like, hey, I'm here, but like this is not an apartment building, where are you? And I went and looked at my receipt and realized I typed in the wrong address. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I understand if you want to cancel the order. Like, this is totally my fault. I'm sure he was busy, whatever. But he was like, no worries. Where are you? And I told him my address and he came. He brought the groceries up to me. And I had a tip ready because I knew it was really inconvenient for him to go out of his way to come back. But um, he looked at me like I was crazy. He was like, no way. I don't want that. I don't want your money. So yeah, tipping culture is just really not a thing here. Another thing is, is you won't always find table service at a restaurant. Of course, at like the fine dining restaurants, they definitely have it, but it's not uncommon to go to a restaurant and place your order at the bar and then the only interaction you have with a waiter is when they deliver your food to you. It's also becoming increasingly more popular where you'll just scan a QR code, place your order on your phone and pay for it, and literally you basically have no interaction with anyone whatsoever which is extremely annoying for the American in me that always needs extra ketchup and I don't really know where to get it, but anyways. Also, you drive on the left side of the road here when in America you drive on the right side and the steering wheel is on the right side of the vehicle. And every time I go back home to visit, I always end up walking to the wrong side of the car. Uh, Just take some adjustment, but it's not so bad. Another big difference that I did not realize at all is that the seasons are completely backwards here. So July is their coldest month and January is one of the warmest. So Christmas Day is usually like outdoor barbecue vibes or a beach day. And when America is enjoying its summer months, Australia is going through the winter. And speaking of winters, 
it doesn't get cold in every territory but of course the one that i picked actually gets the coldest <laughs> but they're pretty dreadful because you don't expect australia to get cold but then it does and you're like what's happening but also since winter falls in like may june july august you don't really have that holiday season which i feel like is what makes the winter season like bearable and cozy and fun but here is just like winter with not a lot of holidays to look forward to so that kind of sucks and obviously they don't celebrate thanksgiving here either my next category is government related differences the first is their person who is equivalent to the u.s president is called a prime minister next is there's no maximum term for a prime minister so in the states you've got like a maximum of two four-year terms but in australia um prime minister as long as they're getting re-elected they can keep serving and the longest serving prime minister held office for 20 years next is prime ministers are elected solely based on the popular vote so there is no electoral college and all that stuff here next is that politicians here are really just people and they're pretty easily accessible i remember the pm who was at the top of the government food chain would always be at this local pizza spot in the city that I live in and I would just see him there all the time like no security he would drive himself home like it was it was no big deal next point is that politics generally lean more left here and what Australians refer to as cons conservatives are actually what Americans refer to as Democrats I also feel like Australians are just not nearly as patriotic as Americans are they actually make fun of us for it but you'll really see people flying an Australian flag outside of their home or you know like if it's their equivalent of the 4th of July you're not going to see anyone in like a flag themed outfit on any national holiday so yeah and they also don't have a pledge of allegiance and I can't remember if I mentioned this already so my apologies if I did but voting is mandatory here in elections and a small fee is issued if you choose not to vote so they're really just incentivizing the people here to exercise their right to vote. And my last point with this category is that healthcare is expected and paid for through income taxes and it's actually free for those who are unemployed. My next category is some fun facts. <laughs> I love a fun fact. So first, Halloween is not popular here at all. It was pretty disappointing for me because I just love the vibes of Halloween or maybe it's the vibes of fall i don't know but um yeah i've heard many australians actually agree that uh halloween is a waste of money that it's a stupid american holiday they are not a fan but it's actually gotten a lot more popular just within the last three years i actually remember in 2019 my first semester of law school i wore a jack-o-lantern shirt because halloween fell on a weekday that i had class so i'm walking around campus with this like bright orange shirt with like a happy little pumpkin guy and you would think my shirt said like i hate babies or i hate australians because <laughs> the amount of looks that i got where people were just like disgusted um yeah it was it was pretty bad but um i'm actually going to my first halloween party this year so they're definitely growing more comfortable with it every year um my next point and this might be a little difficult to explain but for every outlet here there is a switch so you have to turn on every outlet it's just a actually it wasn't that hard to explain it all but yeah you have to turn on every outlet and it's just a energy saving mechanism that they've implemented um next one which is probably the most shocking thing ever um out of my whole list is australia has some really off the wall street signs and nobody talks about it 
I'll be driving down the freeway and see a sign like drive in text you be next or some are really blunt saying drink and drive die in a ditch or like on the side of the subway train here it says like only idiots cross the tracks without checking both ways like they are just like not playing around <laughs> when it comes to their signs which is really funny it always makes me laugh another thing that i learned the hard way is that most of the apartments that you rent here don't come with a fridge microwave or washing machine and most of them like they definitely don't have a dryer even people's households don't have dryers but um yeah you rent those major appliances and that's an additional expense on top of your rent payment also rent payments are made weekly or bi-weekly not monthly this fact applies to most countries that aren't the United States, but the last mass killing by firearm was in 1997 and the gun laws here are extremely strict and the only people that have them possess a hunting license. Also hunting kangaroo is totally legal here because there's so many and apparently they tear up people's crops so they're actually considered pests and it's not uncommon to see a massive dead kangaroo or even a wombat dead on the side of the road because they jump right in front of your car the way deer do in the street in the states and because australia is totally surrounded by water swimming lessons are government mandated for all children in school and another fun fact is that only electric vehicles will be sold in the australian capital territory where i live starting january 2023 i want to name just a few other things that i've noticed these aren't like hard differences but um just things that i've picked up since i got here First is, I've noticed that couples are really quick to move in together after a pretty short time dating each other, um, and I totally get it, like, it's pretty efficient, but it makes those breakups much messier than they need to be. Another thing is, since Fiji, Vanuatu, Bali, Thailand, New Zealand are all neighboring countries, it just seems like student spring break trips and family vacations are really exotic. Another thing is you'll see people not wearing shoes just about anywhere they're allowed to get away with it. But um, yeah, I've seen people barefoot at the airport, literally, not just in the TSA line, on a hike, in the supermarket, and even in the winter, like people just be out here barefoot. So I guess they love it. I don't know. Also, homelessness is far less severe than it is in the United States, like no doubt about it. Another thing that I learned the hard way is that people don't openly talk about their faith here. Um, it's definitely something that people just keep to themselves. Um, and also, it's not really common for families to go to church on Sundays just like as a routine. Like, if you see people at church, like, they are truly faith-based. Also, Australians are very environmentally conscious. They take recycling far more seriously than Americans do, in my opinion. You also have to pay for reusable bags at grocery stores, which is something that LA has adopted, I know. And also, you know those little bags that you put fruit in at the grocery store, like they're super thin plastic? They actually just got rid of those a few weeks ago, so now you have to use reusable fruit bags as well. Also, another interesting thing that I noticed, and I'm not exactly sure what the scope of their work is here, but the general practitioners or the GPs are literally a one-stop shop. I talked about this a little bit in my IUD episode, but my GP here, she's been my nutritionist, my gynecologist, my dermatologist, my general practitioner. Like, she is certified to do it all and she does it well, so that's definitely different. You do have you know, specified offices for the dermatologist and the gynecologist and whatnot, but um, a lot of the GPs are able to do it all at the same time. 
my next point involves the language and there's not a ton of points here because they do speak English but a few things to note is that they pronounce the letter Z as Z. Also where we would use the letter Z in certain words they often use SE so like for example criticize spelled C-R-I-T-I-C-I-Z-E in the U.S. is spelled C-R-I-T-I-C-I-S-E here so they usually replace that like I said Z with S-E. This is also common outside of the U.S., but they refer to the restroom as the toilet every time, and they laugh at me when I don't say toilet. <laughs> and also, as you probably know, but Australian words are abbreviated as often as possible. I won't go into too many because there's like tons of videos about this on YouTube, but um, they refer to the afternoon as the Arvo. McDonald's is called Maccas. Breakfast is Brekkie, and you could probably just like assume that any word that can be shortened they just they do it whenever they can even the prime minister's names are abbreviated and predominantly used actually so the current prime minister his name is anthony albanese and everyone calls him albo the former pm his name was scott morrison and he was scomo so yeah they definitely take it to heart and use it whenever possible and also interestingly the way that we would refer to our president as so like for president biden for example we call him president biden out of respect giving him that title but here they don't necessarily do that and i did mention earlier that government officials are just people but um yeah if you see the prime minister anthony albanese you would probably say hey or it's albo like nobody really uses that that formal term to address them and the pms actually use it they they brand themselves around their nicknames so yeah it's pretty pretty casual around here also, most people's names are nicknamed whenever possible. If your name is Lauren, you're probably called Laws. My brother's name is Darren, and when he lived here, everybody called him Daza. Um, so yeah, nicknames are often abbreviated as well. And a few other language differences are they refer to parking lots as the car park. Flip-flops are called thongs. The gas station is the petrol station. The grocery store is a supermarket. And holidays are what we call vacations. My last category is shopping culture because this again was one of the more surprising ones to me but shopping here not just like shopping for clothes but shopping for like basic necessities is an event here people really plan out their grocery trips or their costco runs or their mall outings and they really take their time and enjoy the experience and as a result online shopping is it does exist here but it definitely hasn't taken off nearly as much as it has back in the states also, in the territory that I live in, malls close at 5 o'clock on the dot, except for Fridays where they stay open until 10 and they call that late night shopping. Woo! I just feel bad because I'm a student, so I'm able to be flexible, but for the people who are working 9 to 5, it's really difficult for them to get any shopping done after work, and as a result, the shops are totally packed on the weekend and I avoid them like the plague. But no one really complains about this because the whole overworking and hustle culture is just not really a thing here. People don't really respect that mindset. So people are happy to get their shopping done on the weekends and that's just the way it is. Another disappointing one for me is that they do have Target here, but it is just not the magical place that it is in the States. It's mostly a clothing store for like school clothes and work clothes with a few home appliances and they sell some cosmetics but it's like definitely like off-brand stuff so yeah target is just not people don't love it here the way they love it in the states 
Also, tall poppy syndrome is very apparent here, and just in case you don't know, it's defined as a cultural phenomenon in which people hold back, criticize, or sabotage those who have or are believed to have achieved notable success in one or more aspects of their life. So people very rarely flaunt their wealth or even wear designer goods because people don't really look at them the way they do in the States. I remember the other day I drove past a 20... I'm sorry, I walked past a 2023 G-Wagon on my street and I was like, wow, like, look at that car. Like, it was just looking sharp and shiny and beautiful. And I was walking with a few other law students and they were like, what a wanker, what a loser. Who would buy that expensive car? Like, who needs all that? And like, yeah, as a socialist country, Australians just don't idolize those expensive goods the way Americans do. And they don't necessarily aspire to work towards earning millions of dollars at all. If anything, if you do have that mindset, they think something's wrong with you. Again, it could be because I live in a city with mostly public servants, but um, I have heard that this is quite apparent in the other big cities as well. And of course, this isn't the case for everyone, but as an overall majority, I would say Australians are very different from Americans in this way. And my final point is that Australians are very law-abiding. Like, you will never see someone opting to not wear a seatbelt in the car, as they should, but I feel like in the States, like, it's easy to hop in the backseat and not necessarily put on a seatbelt. Nobody speeds here either, and I don't even see jaywalking. But I will say that speeding is actually a really bad idea because in the city that I live in, they have speed cameras. They will clock you for literally going five kilometers over the speed limit and the tickets start at 335 Australian dollars. And if you happen to be in a school district or if you're speeding on a public holiday, I'm convinced that their aim is to basically bankrupt you because those tickets are like insanely expensive. I know I said it was my last point, but I do have one more. Actually, um, Australia is under the British monarchy. It is a commonwealth country. It's They're quite divided on whether they want to stay under the monarchy control or not. But yeah, on Australian currency, you will see Queen Elizabeth and soon the new king's face will be on our currency. So yeah, they are technically under monarchy control. But yeah, Australia is a very special place that I recommend everyone visit if they are able. And I hope that this podcast sheds some light on a place that might seem just really far away. And it is far, but there are ways to get here where you can kind of break up the trip if you've got a couple of weeks to set aside and make your way down here. But I highly recommend it. And if you have any other questions or maybe considering planning a trip down here and you would like some assistance, I am more than happy to chat. So thank you so, so much for listening in. This one is a little longer than most of them are, but I hope nonetheless that it was enjoyable for you. And again, thank you for tuning in. I love you so much and feel free to check out the blog that corresponds with this episode on my website, letsgetinspired.club. It's also on Medium if you have access to that website. But yeah, if you want to get connected, hit me up. All the information will be in the description. And I love you so much.